And I'm going to turn it over to Miss Tiffany as she reads from Philippians chapter 3. Thank you, Pastor Randy. But whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith, that I may know him in the power of his resurrection and may share his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible, I may attain the resurrection from the dead. Not that I have already obtained this or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Jesus Christ has made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Let those of us who are mature think this way. And if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal that also to you. Only let us hold true to what we have attained. Brothers, join in imitating me. And keep your eyes on those who walk according to the example you have in us. For many of whom I have often told you, and now tell you, even with tears, walk as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their end is destruction. Their God is in their belly. And they glory in their shame with mindset on earthly things. But our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body by the power that enables him even to subject all things to himself. So, and I know some of you may not have been here before, but there's something we do, and I wanted to take a moment to help you guys with this. We have something we call it a scripture declaration. And normally I'll say, let's say our scripture declaration. But I realize everyone doesn't always know the scripture declaration. So what I'd like to do, is, we didn't plan this, but <laughs> what I'd like to do is have you guys repeat after me so that we can all say the scripture declaration together. So I'll go first, and then you guys will repeat, and then that's how we'll say our scripture declaration together this Sunday. So, Lord, we honor your word to us. May your truth become our heart's pursuit and our life's practice. Thank you. Amen. Thank you so much, Tiffany. Yes, amen. 
Awesome. I'm going to take that hand clap as just an appreciation for the incredible worship team. Great job, Tiffany, and just everyone who's participated and been a part of things. It is so good to be able to gather together in God's house and worship together. So let me go ahead and dismiss the kids to go back with Miss Tiffany, the teens to go back with Brother Eric, and uh, you guys enjoy your class back there. Have a great time as you enjoy and engage back there. And thank you uh, for being a part of things up to this point. And thank you, uh, parents, for being here and being a part of things as well, uh, each and every one of you who is a part of things. All right, so... Y'all know, a few of you guys have your, have your jerseys on and, uh, and, your, and your Texans gear, your Saints gear. I told, uh, I told Jesus, I said, as soon as I started talking about a jersey, I knew you were going to be wearing a Saints jersey. Because if you don't know, Jesus is a really big Saints fan. I could also probably have told you that Eddie Castro was going to be wearing some sort of, you know, uh, Texan something or other because he's a big Texans fan. And you guys know what today is, Right. Y'all know what today is? Super Bowl Sunday. Okay, and yes, there's a picture. Uh, if you haven't already figured it out, if you don't know yet, you're going to be seeing a lot of this young lady that you probably know who she is. You're going to see a lot of her tonight. Uh, yeah, right there. How many of you guys, do y'all know why you're going to see a lot of her tonight? Raise your hand if you know why you're going to see a ton of her. She's dating one of the guys that plays on the football team uh, for the Chiefs. Also, my son-in-law's uh, favorite team has always been the Chiefs. So he is really anxious for tonight. He really is excited about tonight and all that stuff. So I am excited as well. Um, hey, Shelly, do you mind real quickly, would you go grab Tristan real quick and have him come back in here? I know he just went back with the teenagers, but would you please grab him and just ask him to come in for just a second? Yes, so she's dating um, Travis Kelsey, who is the, uh, the tight end for the Chiefs, and they're going to throw to her probably a hundred times during this time. It's going to be crazy. She will definitely be somebody that uh, will be on your screen tonight. Let's do a quick little thing here real quick. How many of you guys are going to watch the Super Bowl tonight? Can I see your hands? All right. How many of you guys are going to be watching the commercials during the Super Bowl more so? How many of y'all care about the Usher uh, event at the halftime? A couple of y'all, are you excited about that? Yeah. 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 Ah, some of y'all got that. Some of y'all are like, I have no idea what he's doing. Um, yeah. 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 Y'all want to ruin it right now? I will. I will. Nothing will ruin a good time like a pastor trying to dance. So, yes, speaking of football, I wanted to show you guys something that happened this past week, and uh, I want to turn to it right here. You guys recognize the guy right there in the center? You guys can all turn around and see our guy right here. This is Tristan Shandy, Karen's son. And he committed this week to Trinity out in San Antonio to play football, which is awesome. Congratulations, buddy. <clears throat> it was all awesome because they invited me to come and be a part of that day. And I said I would definitely show up. And then I got in a fight with somebody over the cupcakes that they brought, which was awkward as a pastor, but y'all pray for me. Um, so anyway, I wanted to show you a couple of pictures. This is a great picture. Uh, you can see them down here on the front. That's a picture of them on the big screen. 
And then um, I, I wanted to also show you this right here. That is Tristan. He's the number 65 holding the guy up right there, which is awesome. And Tristan, I, here before God and everybody, I'm just wondering if like I have a really great sermon one day, if you and I could do that right there. I want to be the guy on the right, though. You know what I'm saying? Okay. All right. So everybody's like, he's never going to have a great sermon, so what are we worried about? I mean, what are we even talking about? All right. Y'all be nice. Y'all be nice. Even in your minds, be nice to me. Okay. But yes, I was really proud of Tristan, not just because of getting the scholarship. I'm proud of him for that. Let me just say this. This is a great young man. He is a terrific young man. Um, he also happens to be number six in a class of over 600 people. And so uh, respect, man, because ultimately, you know, yes, the, that is good and that is good and having them both together is incredibly rare. And uh, I am very, very proud of you also. And I wanted to shout this out to you guys. And this is a little bit of a challenge to the rest of y'all. But I'm there actually that day, and the very first thing he, he goes, he's like number five of six different ones that are getting introduced, and they go down the line. And Tristan stands up, and every one of them has had their opportunity to say something, and not a single person has said anything like what Tristan says. But the very first thing that he does is he says, first of all, before I say anything else, I want to shout out God, because without him, I wouldn't be here, and I don't have anything in my life without God. And so Tristan Respect not just for the great things that you've done on the football field. Respect for not just the things that you've done in the classroom. Respect for being a young man who stands up for his faith. And I'm going to tell you something. That, that's really good. Really, really good. God bless you, brother. And uh, very cool. Congratulations. And uh, he also got a brand new car uh, as well. You know, so he's excited. It's been a good week, right? <laughs> All right, Tristan, thank you so much for being in here. You guys can go ahead and uh, go on back to your class. He's waving at everybody. God bless you, Tristan. Appreciate you so much. All right, so let me just chat about where we've been, and I'm going to hit some things about what we're doing in the concept and the idea of moving forward. And so where we've been over the last couple of weeks is, is on this next slide, you'll see something that we talked about last week, the idea and the concept of going back and, and, um, and, and forgiving those people, uh, yourself, the strangers, people from your distant past, people from your current life. We talked about not drinking the poison because there was a great quote uh, that I shared, wasn't mine, but it was a great quote. It simply said, um, unforgiveness is like drinking poison and waiting for the other person to die. And so just a great uh, chance to kind of think through the unforgiveness that sometimes we allow to stay in our hearts and how it keeps us from moving forward. But then we went to uh, even further back, we've been talking a lot about the mindset that we have, and you'll see that here on our next slide. As you go there, all the different ways that you can have a mantra that goes and kind of tackles those things that you tend to fall into. If it's worry, if it's comparisons, if it's negativity, if it's regret, all these different mantras, some of them by scripture, some of them just by a, a, a phrase that you memorize and use, the things that you can kind of battle back against your mind because ultimately, as we shared with you last week, there are about 45,000 thoughts that we have on a given day. And so if you're like me, it's harder to shake and get away from the negative than it is to focus on the positive. And so I just want to share these things with you about where we've been 
And uh, as we go to our next slide, we've been talking a lot about the rearview mirror and how some people are living almost as if the windshield and the rearview mirror were switched. And you probably know somebody like that where they are so focused on their past in the big screen that they can barely see their future or their present because it's just so small comparatively in the way that they allow it to be something that runs and rules their life. But there is something positive if you know anything at all about driving, you know that there are times where you do need to look back. You do need to focus on what has been in the past. And as we talk about moving forward, let's be honest, we've always talked about moving forward. It's the problem is, is not that we can talk about moving forward or have the right strategies, but the problem is sustaining that, not just beginning it, but sustaining it. And so it is good for us to look back and think about, okay, well, hey, when I did not follow through or when I began but didn't keep going, these are the things that happened to me. And so I want to share some very practical bits of advice today, some very practical things, and also to be very clear to tie this back to Scripture as Tiffany just read a few moments ago. This is important. This is our one to remember that we've often talked about. This is our verse of Scripture that we've talked about being in there constantly, and that is forgetting those things which are behind and straining towards those things which are ahead. And I memorized this in a different version, so y'all forgive me. I'm pretty close, but basically this has been a verse that's always been a blessing to me because it reminds me that survival is not the point of my life as a Christian. I'm supposed to be living an abundant life that makes other people go, wow, this guy lives in such a way that it's not normal. What's different about his life? And then that gives me the opportunity to be the one who says, it's about the Lord. It's not me doing things right. It's about him being the right thing in me that has changed me from the inside out. And you can be the same exact thing. That's what you are called to be. That's how you're supposed to be living your life as well. And so I just encourage you as we think about these things, he says, I don't think about this and something that I've already done. I forget what lies behind and I strain towards what lies ahead and I press on towards that goal. And so as we go to our next slide, you'll see in here something that I think is very important. I love this book. If you're interested in a good self-help book, this is a very positive one. It's called Atomic Habits by James Clear. But here's what he says. He says, the secret to getting results that last is to never stop making improvements. It's remarkable, and this is important, it's remarkable what you can build if you just don't stop. It's remarkable the business that you can build if you don't stop working. It's remarkable the body that you can build if you just don't stop training. It's, and now they're just meddling, am I right? Okay. It's remarkable the knowledge that you can build, and we go on to the next, if you don't stop learning. And let's be honest, the truth is, is that sometimes we've stopped learning. We don't want to think about it. We don't want to talk about it. But a lot of us have attained a, a certain level of achievement or a certain level of success. And we've just stopped learning. We don't do new things. We kind of are coasting in. And that is, that's one foot in the grave early. So we got to be very careful. But it's remarkable the fortune that you can build if you just don't stop saving. It's remarkable the friendships you build if you don't stop caring. Small habits don't add up. They compound. 
And if you've got a 401k or a 403b, you know the difference. You don't want them to add. You want them to compound. Can I get an amen, right? So that's what we're looking for, and it compounds in your life as well. These good habits become atomic habits as you let them compound because you don't ever stop. You just keep moving. And it says, tiny changes, remarkable results. And then he goes on in other parts of his book to talk about getting 1% better over and over and over again all throughout the year and how by the end of one single year you'll be 37 times better than you were at the beginning of the year and how important that is in our difficult economy let's keep moving as we move on here the idea and the concept let's talk about something to learn when paul called himself a hebrew of the hebrews in philippians chapter 3 verse 5 that Tiffany read a little bit ago, he was saying that he had reached the top tier of the top tier of Judaism. He left huge success behind. In other words, he was basically on his way to earning the equivalent of our Supreme Court justice or a senator in the political and, and religious arena. And so later he said, but I count all of those things as loss so that I might do this new thing that I know is actually where I ought to be focusing my energy and my attention. Now let me just slow down for a moment and ask you, have you ever been doing good things in the wrong arena? <laughs> have you ever been Shoot, uh, hitting a goal that you probably shouldn't be shooting for in the first place. I mean, it's not that it's bad. It's just that it's not really going to accomplish those things that are important. I remember that Peter Robinson gave me a book, um, and, uh, and it, it was called Getting the Right Things Done. You, you guys understand the difference, right? How many of you all, you, you've got 100 books about getting things done. But nobody's really talking about getting the right things done. They're just talking about getting stuff done. And sometimes we can forget that productivity alone does not actually accomplish things that we want. This is something that you've probably heard a hundred times. But as you go to this next slide, you can see it here. People may spend their whole lives climbing the ladder of success only to find once they reach the top, the ladder is leaning against the wrong wall. And so it is so important. That is exactly what happened for Paul. He basically had achieved the top rung, but then he realized, I've been doing these things that really don't matter because the most important thing is that I know Christ and know about him. So I'm changing everything in my life to focus on that new goal, and I'm going to keep on moving forward until the end of my life. And by the way, we've all read the book. We all understand, and I've mentioned it a hundred times. In 2 Timothy chapter 4, we know that Paul finishes his race with a, a victory shout. He doesn't go out with a whimper. He goes out with a bang. He says, I've fought the good fight. I've finished the course. I've kept the faith. And I know there's a crown of righteousness waiting for me and everybody else who knows the Lord. So he goes out with a, a high note and that's how I want to go out myself and you know as you get a little older you start thinking about these things a little bit more that you know going out and how you go out and the legacy that you leave behind seems a whole lot more important than it used to all right so let's keep moving here as we go on just one moment <coughs> excuse me so <clears throat> Again, this one to remember talks about how we press on towards the goal of the prize of the upward calling of God in Christ Jesus. In other words, it is not just simply me giving you a rah-rah speech. 
God says in his word that he wants you and I to live a life where we continue to press towards a mark that he has set out for us. It's not just, hey, it'd be great if this is what it looked like. Instead, it is, hey, this is what God has enabled and what God has called you to do and be. And so that is very different than just what you and I want for ourselves. Let's keep moving as we go on. As we look at this, this is our big idea. Forward movement honors God and connects us to life instead of life's attic. I'm going to say that one more time, and then I want to talk about it, and then we'll share it together, okay? So forward movement honors God, and it connects us to life instead of life's attic. How many of you guys have an attic or a storage place somewhere in your, in your life? Any of y'all? How many of you guys have gone up into your attic? Okay, so hold on. You probably went up into your attic in December and then back again in January because you had stuff for Christmas, right? Is that, is that about it? That's about right? And then you probably won't go up into your attic again until about next December. Is that also about right? I mean, maybe you're one of those people who changes out the wreaths on the front door on the regular, maybe, I don't know. But for a lot of us, the attic has stuff that's valuable there, but we don't think about it very often and very much. It's not a part of our everyday life, right? Y'all know what I'm talking about. So here's what I'm asking. All right, I don't know who I'm talking to. I don't know who the youngest is. I don't know who the oldest is. I think I know the oldest is in their 80s, okay? I will say that. Um, I think a lot of us are in our 30s, 40s, 50s in that area. Some of us are in our early 20s. And for some of you, this will resonate in a different way. But as a guy who is in his 50s and in my head, I think I'm still in my 20s, but my body tells me I'm in my 80s. You know, I'm like somewhere, I'm a little confused, right? So ultimately, like wherever I find myself mentally or whatever, here's what I know. I don't want to get relegated to the attic. <laughs> I don't want to get relegated to the attic. Something that's valuable but doesn't actually care or concern itself with what's going on in an everyday life. I'm a parent. Some of you guys know this. You already know that I have daughters that live in other states. I've got a grandson who is about 10 months old. I have a different set of priorities than I had 15 years ago. And some of y'all can say amen, right? You know what I'm talking about. Your kids have moved out as well. But here's what I know. I don't want them to come see me on Christmas, pat me on the head, give me a sweet hug, and then not care about me being a part of their life for the rest of the year. That's getting relegated to the attic, and I'm not here for that. I'm not here for that. I want to be a part of my grandson's life. I want him to know God because I've poured into him. I want him to have confidence and strength and know what a man of God ought to act like because I've poured into him. I want him to be with his, his lolly. I'm G, she's lolly, you know. She tried real hard to get me to be pop and that just was not gonna happen. Lollipop, no way, it's just not gonna happen. I mean, I'll barely wear the same color as her. You know, I, I've got issues. Y'all pray for me. But like, if we ever show up and we both got all black shirts on, I'm like, which one's this going to change? Because this is not happening, right? No way in the world I was going to be lollipop, all right? Just not happening. <clears throat> if any of y'all are lollipop, God bless you. That's fine. You do you. I'm, I, <laughs> I could go on, but I'm not. So here's what I know. I do not want to be relegated to the attic. I don't want to be relegated to the attic with you guys. 
I want this every single opportunity that I have to share God's word with you. I want you to know that I've still got my fastball. I still want to give my very best every time I preach. That's what God deserves, and that's what I want to be involved in. So I don't want to coast. I don't want to slide in slowly. I want to give everything that I've got until I'm done giving what I've got. And I don't know if you identify with this. For some of you, maybe this isn't quite your time, but I'm warning you that this is the idea that you've got to battle against when you're in your 30s and 40s. Because, man, when you get into those times where you start achieving a certain level of comfort, and you're like, I probably don't need to keep pressing quite so hard because these things are good, and they probably won't go away. Well, that is awesome. That's great. I want that for you, but I also don't want you to be a person who hasn't read a book or hasn't gotten into some learning situation somewhere in your life in the last 10 or 15 years because that's stagnation and that's depression that you're working towards instead. And so I just want to encourage you, don't get relegated to life's attic. Stay engaged with life until your life is over. And as long as you are here, God still has a work for you to do, whatever that may be. If you guys agree with me, can y'all give me an amen? Amen. All right, very good. You know, y'all are on the uh, y'all are on the borderline because y'all know if you don't give me a really good amen, I'll just go back and do it again. So I'm just saying, next time, be ready. But here's what I say: forward movement honors God. It connects us to life, and instead of being in life's attic, we're connected to life. So would you guys say that with me on the count of three? Ready? One, two, three. Forward movement honors God and connects us to life instead of life's attic. All right, so let's go to our next slide here, and here's what I want to share with you as we go. Ephesians chapter 2, we've already talked about how we are his workmanship, created to do good works. This isn't just my opinion. This is the Lord's command. We're built together. We are here to rely on one another to be blessed and to be a blessing. Let's keep moving as we go on a little further. In Philippians, we talked about how we are to press on towards the upward call of God. And then he says, let those of us who are mature think this way. Those of us who are spiritually mature know that it's more than just simply about us and our comfort. It is not just simply about, have I received what I need and am I okay? And if I'm okay, then let me sit back and put my feet up. There's much more to accomplish and much more at stake than just simply you about you. And let's go to our next slide. And, and especially if you're older, I want to share this with you. So even to old age and gray hairs, O oh God, do not forsake me until I proclaim your might to another generation, your power to all of those to come. And I believe this with all of my heart. We are called to pass on what we have received from others who have passed it on to us. Now, I'm not going to go into a whole big long thing of this, but let me just share with you. I'm scared half to death of claustrophobic situations, okay? So that means I will be cremated, okay? <laughs> because I, worse than being in the coffin for real is being in the coffin too early. I mean, for me, that's just me. So I will be cremated, but I want a headstone. That's weird, right? But here's why. I want something on my headstone that can say to the next generation that I cared about God that he was important in my life. And my headstone, not to be because there's a coffin there. Sprinkled ashes is just fine with me, but I want a headstone because I want to be able to share with others that come after me 
that somebody cared about the Lord and that he had a role in my life that was important enough for me to put it on my headstone. That's important to me. Now, that, I'm not prescribing that for any of y'all. Some of y'all are like, I'm not doing that cremation thing. I don't want to, this is not for you. This is me, for me. It's just my idea, but this is why. Because I think it is absolutely vital that we proclaim to another generation that is yet to come what God has done for us and what God has done in our time. All right, so let's keep moving. As we go on a little further, these three elements of success, I've been talking about them. That's competence, competence, and character. And you got to have all three in order to have and sustain success. But if you're a person who says, okay, well, you're telling me all this stuff about whether or not I'm growing and pressing on towards this prize and God has called me upward and I'm his workmanship and all that stuff. Well, how do I know where I'm at? Here's what I'm asking. Incompetence, what are you learning? And I'm not saying, like, what are you accidentally fumbling into and learning? I'm saying, what are you doing intentionally to learn a new skill in your competence? And what is your new life's practice, this thing that makes you uncomfortable because you don't have all the answers, and yet it is something that's stretching you and making you a better man or woman? And then character, where are you selflessly serving? And I'm not talking about serving somebody who you should be serving. I'm talking about somebody that you don't need to serve and can never pay you back, but where are you serving them and how are you serving them? Because if that's not a part of your life, you're probably showing a character that is more focused on self than on others. And that's important that we not have that. So this is just how you can take a quick little gauge on who you are and where you're at in these three absolutely vital areas of your life if you want to be a success. All right, so let's keep moving and I wanna talk about it and just share with you real quickly these habits and how we move forward, how we make moves to move forward. First of all, you identify a goal that makes an impact. And I wrote down this word, keystone habits. And I'm moving very, very quickly, so you can go a little deeper if you'd like to in the book called Habits by Charles Duhigg. But as you go to this next slide, you'll see businessinsider.com shared eight keystone habits that transform your life. And if you don't know what a keystone habit, here's what it is. We go to our next slide, you'll see that that man who wrote that book, The Power of Habit, calls a keystone habit something that is good and is correlated to other things. In other words, keystone habits don't create a direct cause and effect relationship, but they spark chain reactions that help other good habits to take hold. In other words, if you exercise, you start caring more about what you eat. How is that happening? Because exercising on a regular basis is a keystone habit that changes how you look at what, how you eat. Because man, if you're doing all this work in the gym and doing all these things, then you probably don't want to go and blow it. Well, I mean, you do, but you don't, you know what I mean? By all the things that you eat and put in your mouth. So here's a quick list of the eight keystone habits. And I want you to notice what number one is. Let's go to our next slide. Having family dinners. I told you guys about this. I've been telling y'all about this for years. If you want your family life to change, have family dinners. And I'm not talking about the kind of family dinners where you sit down and everybody's all on their phones. I'm talking about where nobody's got their phones and everybody has a fork and a knife, you know, that kind of thing. It doesn't have to be fancy. It can be plastic. It's fine. It's not about that. It's about slowing down, having conversations, making your bed daily, regular exercise, track what you eat, develop a daily routine 
meditating. Business Insider says something about meditating being a keystone habit. If you don't have a place where God can speak into your life, get that Holy Bible app uh, from the uversion.com. Plan out your day, having stronger willpower. All of these are keystone habits. They're so important and so vital. Let's go to our next slide. And I'm doing my very best to get us through at the right time. Secondly, we identify a, real, a realistic stretch goal. In other words, it's reachable, but it's also not easy to eat, you know, kind of stumble into. So make it a reach, but also make it accessible. Let's go to our next slide here. And then third, we check and adjust that plan monthly. And you've got to make it an appointment or you won't. And here is where I want to just slow down just a tiny bit. We talk about building and sustaining momentum. Here's what I know. You will have momentum early in the year. If you have the gym, okay, I'm not a big, I'm trying to be a gym guy. I used to be a gym guy. I'm not a big gym guy recently. But I will tell you, when I was a big gym guy, I could not wait for March because then it was back to normal. And all the people who had had these New Year's resolutions were gone. You know, they were done in January and February. So if you make it a monthly check-in, how am I doing on that thing that I set as a goal? Then you'll say, I haven't been. But you know what? I can do it again because there's nothing magical about it being January 1st or even February 1st or any 1st at all. You check back in, you can start again and begin again. And just think about this. If you had a goal of reading the scriptures, suddenly you're not reading the scriptures that you haven't in a week, man, get back in there and do it again. Start over. Start back and begin again. And then this is the fourth thing real quickly as we go to our next slide. Forgive yourself for falling short, but start again. You don't have to wait until next January to pick back up. You don't even have to wait till the beginning of the next month to pick back up. This is how you begin to make changes in your life. And as I have shared with you over and over and over again up to this point in the, book, in the idea forward, the concept here is to change our minds, to transform our minds by the, uh, transform our lives by the renewing of our mind, as God's word says, and allow God to change us from the inside out. And then get started on those positive habits that ripple outward and make a difference, not just for us, but for others in our lives. Okay, very quickly. Let's talk about how we apply, and then I want to share a couple of things with you as we close. Here's how you apply. You identify your goal, and I do want it to encourage you to make it one of those important goals, like a keystone habit. And then what does it look like to succeed at it? And then secondly, you set a reminder for checking and adjusting. You set something in your mind or in your phone where every time the first day of the month or the, the third day of the month or whatever it is comes around, you're checking and adjusting on those things that you've set aside as a goal. And then again, don't ever forget that ultimately we are transformed and we continue and we sustain these things as we've renewed our minds. We don't have to all do it all at once. And we don't have to change everything that we do. We can slowly allow God to have more and more and more room in our lives to tell us and to point us where he would have us to go. That's through prayer, that's through scripture, and that is through the mindset, as we have talked about, that we set our minds on things above and not on earthly things. All right, so these are 
I, I guess we're five or six weeks in about forward, and this is now just now telling you about the idea and the concept of how to do and to change your to-do list. But this is why. Because ultimately, if you fall back, if you've changed your mindset and if the Lord has changed your mind and how you feel about life and the direction in it and the importance of it and all of those things, then you will begin to walk that path. And even when you fall short, you'll get back up onto it. But changing your to-do list will not change your life. Changing your to-do list will not change your life. It will just make you busier unless... It is for the right reasons, doing the right things, doing the things that actually truly matter, and doing them in God's power and not just simply in your own. Okay, all right, so very quickly, as I close today, I want to share a story with you that is in the book forward that I have been referencing and talking about from Dr. David Jeremiah. Let's begin here. The Pharisees of Jesus' days had so many commandments not just 10, the 10 commandments, but instead they had like 248 to-dos and about 365 don't-dos. Y'all know what I'm saying? Okay, this is what you do, this is what you don't do. This is what you do, this is what you don't do. That is a ton of commandments, and I can barely keep up with 10. Can I get an amen? I mean, I'm supposed to know all of them as a pastor, right? And I can barely keep up. But Jesus boiled all of the commandments down to just two. This is what I love about Jesus. He is not here to keep you at arm's length by impressing you with all that he's got to say. He is pulling you in and saying, if you will just do these two things, then your life will be transformed. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And then the second one is just like that first commandment, love your neighbor as yourself. I can remember those. I don't even have to remember 10. They all hang in these two commandments. These are what they call the greatest commandment, loving God above everything and loving him with all you've got and then loving your neighbor as yourself. So here's what I would share with you. This is where you begin. This is where you begin. And my loving God means as well, and loving my neighbor as myself means as well, that I care about my life pressing towards a mark and towards a prize that I can say when I'm done with the life that God has given me, Lord, I was not perfect. You know of all people you know, but you also know that I tried to follow the path. I tried to live in your power, and I tried to value what you have valued, not just simply what I wanted to do. I want my life to reflect what God has called me, enabled me, and asked me to do with my life. And I know that you probably want the same thing. Now, here's where I'm going to end. I'm going to end with this story. It'll probably help you as you go forward and remember these things. Real quickly, as we go to our next couple of slides, you'll, in the book, Dr. David Jeremiah shares the story of a man who had 55,000 letters delivered to his house in one single day. 55,000 letters in one single day. A whole lifetime's worth of mail. What had happened was there was a student loan company that accidentally put his address in over and over and over, and a glitch sent all the letters that he was supposed to, uh, he was just to receive one. He got 55,000 others in one single day. 
And here's what Dr. David Jeremiah said. In the midst of all of that craziness, just heaps and mounds and bin after bin after bin of letter, a whole lifetime's worth of stuff. What if he missed his electric bill? <laughs> I mean, because you're not going through 55,000, are you? Uh, what if he missed a letter from an estranged child in the midst of that 55,000? starts to get real, doesn't it? And on and on and on, you could give the what ifs. But here is what I am sharing and what he was sharing in this story. You have so much coming at you every single day. 45,000 thoughts every single day. All the stuff that's out there on the sides of the road and billboards, all the ads that come in, all the spam that hits your inbox, on and on and on down the line, all the things that are trying to distract you. But here's what I know. There are very, very few things that are actually truly important. And if you miss them because you got all the other 54,999, you've not lived the life that you want to live. So here's what I would encourage you and I to do as best we can. Let's shut off some of the, the flow. Let's shut off some of the spigot. Let's slow down maybe for Lent or maybe even past. And let's take a moment and make sure that when we come to the end of our race, we're proud not only of the race that we've run, but we're also proud of the race that we chose to run in the first place. Heavenly Father, it is so easy for us to get sidetracked and caught up. And ultimately, God, you have not called us to do much you have called us to love the Lord our God with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength. And you have called us to love our neighbors as ourselves. And these are things that oftentimes in modern worlds, we just don't do as often as we should. We are too self-focused and too considering of the things that we want rather than the things that you have called us to do. So Lord, what we're asking is, is that you would begin to change us from the inside out. We don't want this grand and great transformation happening overnight. We want to just day by day by day grow to be more like you. Grow to value those things that you value and grow to be people who honor others and honor you with the life that we live and be a blessing and a light in this world, I pray. And God, just bless each and every person that's here today. May they all be blessed as they go their separate ways. Keep them safe, guide, and lead them however they are going. And Lord, if there is one, if there's more than one, <laughs> who is dealing with the idea of just simply not being all that we should be, and we've gotten our priorities off, Lord, call us back. Help us to start in the right way and sustain that momentum as we move forward with you as our goal. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody together said, amen. Thank you guys so much for your time and for your attention. I do appreciate it very, very much. Make sure if you have not yet gotten on our text thread, I want to make sure that we are getting our texts out to you because that is our best way of connecting with you. It will come straight to your phone. And so I hope that you'll be involved in that. Uh, and definitely, if you have not got that, I will give you that 
uh, and make sure that you're connected if you'll text me. And you might be wondering, well, Randy, how can I text you? If you're here for the first, second, or third time, definitely make sure and see Miss Kim at the reception counter because we want to give you a way of connecting with us and we want to stay connected with you. Also today, we have not yet taken up the offering. Uh, we were saving it to the very end. But let me just share with you, as you leave today here in the center aisle, just on the right-hand side, there's a pillar there, and you can place a, a, an offering there. You can also place that uh, offering via electronic, whether it's PayPal or via our website, ehctx.org. And uh, we do thank you. We want to be a generous people in a generous church because we serve and honor a generous God. So thank you for helping us in that endeavor. And Lord, again, thank you for this opportunity that we have to play a role in your kingdom work. Bless this gift and the giver as each one uh, gives in their own way, in their own means. And thank you, God, for all that you have already given to us. In Jesus' name we pray. And amen. Amen. All right. Well, guys, thank you so much. And uh, we're going to end the way that we always do. And you guys, y'all know, say it right along with me, okay? We've just heard God's word. Now let's go live it. Love you guys. Y'all take care. Have a great week.